high and low, hot and cold, I looked everywhere for what I'd be. But now I know, now I know, I'm going back to loving me. Welcome to SOS, Soulfully Observant Sage. I am your host, Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. Thank you for joining me tonight. And Happy New Year. It is the first day of January. And I have my firstborn son, also the first man, Adam, joining me tonight. And to help you begin 2021 on your best foot, our focus today is on health, well-being, and fitness. And it has been said that the greatest of all wealth is health by the Roman poet Virgil. If we're unhealthy, we may suffer from pain. We may be unable to perform small tasks efficiently. We may be in such poor health, we're unable to work or enjoy the simple things of life. So after 2020's focus on being sick, pre-existing conditions and fearing for our lives, we're focusing on taking our power back by taking responsibility for personal health. And we've got all kinds of great ideas for you. And my special guest, as I said, is Adam Gates, otherwise known as Mr. Naked Healthy or sometimes Superman by his fans. And if you are interested in asking Adam a question, I will be taking phone calls in the second half of the show. Whether it's a question, a comment, or to tell him how sexy he is, you can do so. There are two numbers, 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. And my producer hopefully will tell me that I got those numbers right. And here's the thing, you know, you all deserve happiness, love, abundance, health, and joy. And you've come to the right place. We're here to help you thrive and a little bit more about our special guest, Adam Gates. He's a former model, alcoholic, and addict, and he um, met Arnold Schwarzenegger at the age of six, which thrust him into a fitness obsession. He joined the swim team at age five and swam until he was 14, and actually learning to swim at six months, I remember this one, I forgot totally about it, in water baby school. And then as he was in high school, he ran track and cross country and seamlessly transitioned all four years of high school, ranking in state meets in both swimming and cross country, cross country. (laughs) Modeling began at the age of 19, along with an alcohol addiction following shortly thereafter. And prior to that, Adam was a teetotaler, didn't have a drink until the age of 21, but with the heavy encouragement of his friends, got drunk on his birthday. And from then on, he slowly absorbed heavy drinking into his regular social activities. And it soon turned into drinking nightly at home. And at the age of 28, while on the brink of a break into Hotel Hotel Hollywood, into Hollywood, a combination of black mold inhalation and addiction put him on death's door. I remember it well, he did not look good. With his lowered immune system, he was primed for a losing battle with serious illness. Not only did he lose 30 pounds in six months, but his ego and entire sense of self was gone also. And doctors and specialists did not have the knowledge or ability to heal him. And so he decided to do it on his own. He moved to Boulder, Colorado for the drier climate and became a hermit, living on the computer, researching everything he could about healing himself naturally. He implemented everything he could running tests on himself. Slowly through his obsession, sometimes obsessions can be good, he found his formula not only to regain his health, but completely turn his entire life around. And he is now a small uh, business owner, a very successful business owner, entering his fourth year and the founder of Naked Healthy, which is his true passion and pride and joy. 
entering its sixth, or pardon me, seventh year, Naked Healthy was born as Adam began sharing the information he learned while cocooning in a health cave for nine months. Nine months, the gestation period, right? He never realized how many people were as lost as he was when it came to what to eat, what to drink, how much alcohol is okay, how much exercise, or how much should I sleep? Being a model for 20 years was exhausting, allowing him great compassion for how everyone else felt. Tired, a little fat, and mostly confused, he has now dedicated his life to helping those within his reach become healthier and happier and so that they can treat themselves better, conversely, treating others better, right? Because when we feel good about ourselves, then we are kinder and more compassionate with others. And Adam is now sober for four years and healthier at 39 than he was at 25. Welcome, Adam Gates, Mr. Naked Healthy. Thank you, Mom. It's uh, wonderful to be here, and uh, I appreciate all the pride that you have for me. Oh, yeah. I love you. <laughs> I know. It's, I think it's obvious to everybody. I appreciate it. You and I share a parallel, and that would be that we both had illnesses that we went to the doctor for that they couldn't help us with and then dove deeply into an inner journey. And um, yours began with the black mold. Can you tell me a little or tell us a little bit about what happened when you did go to the doctor with black mold? Sure. So I was um, relatively healthy considering my alcohol addiction. I still exercised and ate pretty well. So I just want to preface that, that I, it's not like I was just drinking all day, every day, but I was usually eating clean, exercising during the day and then drinking at night. So what happened with the black mold was um, solely over the span of about six months, I became more tired, more tired. I lost weight, got sicker and sicker. So when I went to the doctors, um, I was looking for answers and I was looking for help. And um, that's not what I got. I got confusion. I got misdirection. I got prescribed numerous different medications. And at no point was there any confidence in what they were suggesting. It was you could tell that just by the, their body language and the way that the words that they were using and the tone of their voice, that there was not confidence in what they were saying. And at 29 years old, that's a little bit young to be feeling your mortality. So um, that was when I decided that it was, uh, it was time to bow out after about six months. What were some of the symptoms that you had? I mean, I remember uh, because your, your skin was kind of green, your hair mm -hmm. started falling out. And what else? Did you have difficulty breathing or did you just? Right. I would, I would love to go over this because I feel like there's a lot of people, especially in the South, um, which is where this happened to me was in, was in Atlanta, Georgia. So initially it started out, I was just tired. Um, I was sleeping more. I needed more naps. And I noticed that my nose was a little bit more runny. And then what I noticed after that was the trash can would be filled with tissues almost every day because my nose was running so much that I was constantly running to the bathroom to blow my nose. Um, more, I was tired. As can I stop you for a second? Cause I, sure. I, I, I hear people asking, was that cocaine use? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So there was lots of breaks in my cocaine use. There, there wasn't, it wasn't full time. I couldn't afford it. So there were, there were different spans where there was cocaine use, but um, I remember actually specifically because I got defensive, the girlfriend who I was dating at the time when her dad came to visit us, we were so skinny and our skin color was, was a yellowish color that he accused us of being on drugs. And I remember being very, very defensive at the time because I had used drugs, but I wasn't currently using drugs. So at that time I was like, how dare you? <laughs> say that this could possibly be cocaine. I used cocaine six months ago. I'm not doing cocaine now. So I remember specifically. Um, but additionally, uh, what really ended up, what I noticed was after about three or four months, my hair started thinning drastically. And that was when I really, really started to panic. The weight loss was one thing. The runny nose was one thing. You know, I was modeling, so I wasn't working a full-time job. So I could, I could afford to take naps. But once I started noticing the hair loss, that's what really freaked me out. And then I went home to New York to go visit my family who hadn't seen me in, in a year. 
and they all freaked out. And that's when I realized that I was far sicker than I had let myself believe. There, there was a, a like a green cast to your skin. I remember uh, seeing right. pictures of you. Yeah. Right. It, it was um, kind of like a dying leaf color, that yellowish tinge that you get to a leaf when it's starting to fall off. It, there was a little bit of that. Um, also, my memory was terrible. I couldn't, um, I, I was forgetting people's names that I was running into. I was forgetting movie quotes I used to say. I was forgetting phone numbers. I was forgetting all sorts of stuff. And, and come to find out that that's actually one of the things that it does. It affects your central nervous system and your brain. What about depression? Is that a side effect of black mold as well? Honestly, um, I was so depressed at the fact that I was losing my hair at the peak of my modeling career that my whole world was imploding. So that, that six month period into the one year into the healing period was by far the toughest part of my life because it went from me losing the beauty that, so to speak, that I thought that I had to looking like I had cancer in a very short amount of time. And so everything just imploded for me. Depression is something that's going to set in due to lack of movement, lack of, um, lack of exercise, lack of healthy food, because it, the mold also, one of the things that it does is it eats the sugar in your system. So what was I doing? I was consuming more sugar, more carbs, more alcohol, more, and not the good stuff, the, the immediately gratif gratifying things so that I could, you know, bump myself up as quickly as I could. So what was the turnaround in your health? What was, what was it that besides moving out of the moldy environment, what, and I, I suffer from black mold in Georgia as well, but what was the point that really shifted things for you? Do you mean in aspects for what shifts did I make to start becoming healthier? Yes. It was giving up alcohol. It was a combination of things. It was giving up alcohol and moving to Colorado at the same time. Because so, can I just stop you for a second? When you said sure. giving up alcohol, did that mean that you went from drinking every night to drinking on occasion, or did you totally give up alcohol? That's that's a really good question. Thank you. So I was at the point to where I was drinking six nights a week. It progressed from nightclub drinking, bar drinking, social drinking, and it just you just get used to it. And, you know, when you're in a relationship, you bring a bottle of wine home, you drink, and it just, it, it was absolutely an addiction. So I was at about six nights a week. So I, I went from six nights a week to trying to go to zero. So did modeling have an impact on that? Because I remember VIP rooms and, and you got getting invited to those things where alcohol and other things were free flowing. Did, did that impact your alcohol drinking? Absolutely. It's liquid courage. And when you're a, uh, duck out of water and you're around all these beautiful women and you don't feel like you deserve I didn't have any self-respect at this time either so when you feel like you don't deserve to be somewhere and you need to fit in I drank just so that I could have the confidence to sort of lose my sense of self of who I thought that I was so that I felt like I could deserve to be in the room with those people that's kind of how it started and then as you know the um hedonic adaptation you sort of get used to what you're what's around you on a regular basis and you know you but it was it was being having easy access to it and it being free absolutely contributed to that plus you're in your 20s you you're, you think that you're supposed to party anyways that's what you're supposed to do that's what's sold to you in movies and music and everything so i thought i was doing what i was supposed to be doing so you're, you're saying then that modeling actually led to the increased addiction. Like it absolutely was an ingredient. I, yes. Okay. 100%. So what do you think? Is it good or bad to drink every day? Oh, it's, I think it's terrible. What does it do to the body? Well, the first thing is just the simplest thing for people to understand without getting scientific is alcohol is a depressant. So if you notice that when you have a glass of wine or two or whatever your beverage is, the next day you don't feel as good. And even if you didn't get drunk, you notice that you don't feel as good. So let's say your normal bar is right here. This is your, your normal every day. If you drink the following day, it's going to be down here and there's nothing you can possibly do to boost it. There's nothing because you have a chemical dependence that you're now in with a, a withdrawal state from 
So now your body is going to be sending anxious and anxiety signals to your brain. So you just, you're naturally not going to feel as good. And there's varying degrees of that. It doesn't mean that you're going to be sitting at your desk, shaking, needing a drink. It just means that traffic sucks a little bit more and your boss sucks a little bit more your and your relationship, you're exactly it, it, it. You notice it in your attitude and you notice it in your face, you're puffy. So, you know, I, I have lots of clients and, and they talk to me about things. So, you know, when people are going through challenges, the, one of the first things they do is either, you know, have, have a joint or have a glass of wine because it helps them relax. They, they feel less inhibited. So how did you get over having that drink to make you feel better to not drinking at all? What steps did you take? Um, I sort of pulled back from society. Honestly, I did not have an option because I realized that when I was out in the environment that most of the time that I would drink. And so when I was trying to sort of morph myself into this person that I wanted to be, I had to withdraw, honestly. So that's kind of what the 12 step program suggests, right? That, and, and did you do any of that, that, that you need to change your friends? Because if all your friends drink, and you're trying to not drink, the pressure's there, right? To continue. Right. And the interesting thing about that is that you find out that a lot of those people really aren't your friends. They're just people that you get hammered with. You're just really? a bunch of people enabling each other. Yeah, because when you, when, you quit, when you quit drinking, the conversations that you are having, if you were sober, you wouldn't have most of those conversations. Oh, that's a good they're, point. They're, they're surface level. They're stupid. They're... You talk about things you just really don't care about, but you're really excited about it because your brain is high on alcohol. And I know it sounds silly to hear high on alcohol, but when you have a dependence to something and you give it that something, your brain's going to get dopamine and all the happy, good you know, chemicals. So that's what happens. So most of the people that you think are your friends, if you gave up alcohol for a month, how many of those people would you call and want to come over and sit on your couch and you know, eat a sandwich? Uh, that's a good point. So how did you change your thinking about alcohol? So you, so you pulled back from society, you basically cocooned, um, uh, but you obviously had to develop new habits because did you have some starts and stops? Did you try a couple of times to quit and, and fail? What happened? So um, obviously, you know who he is, but um, I came across uh, a man named Mark. He was a homeless man who had been sober for what? 20 years? I think so. 20. So, so we, we met a homeless man in Boulder. He had been, he was an alcoholic. He identified as an alcoholic, but was sober for 20 years. And, and what he called the homeless game being sober was a really big deal. He was looked upon with uh, great respect because he smoked a lot of pot, but he did not drink. And it's very hard to stay sober in the homeless world. So um, he actually suggested AA and told me that I might be able to find a couple positive things from it. And he, he had spoken to me with such understanding about my addiction and he didn't, there was no judging or anything like that. And he was just, you know, yeah, man, you know, you, maybe it's good. Maybe it's not, you know, just real nonchalant about it. And that was, he was honestly the reason that I went and it was in the third or fourth meeting that I realized that this was something that I felt like I could do on my own. I didn't want to identify as an alcoholic. I was a healthy person that just, I hit a bump in the road. It's a long bump, but it was a bump in the road. This is a really good point, Adam, because one of the things that I talk about in my coaching is um, to not use the words I am with something negative. And so mm -hmm. that's one of the things that the 12 step does is that I am an alcoholic, right? You stand up and you say that you're exactly. Right. Okay. So right. I like that. And I tell myself, I, I, my motto is be the healthiest person that you know, and I am the healthiest person that I know. And that's what I identify with. I don't identify with a substance. It doesn't make any sense to me. So tell me the difference between the you today and the you when you were drinking. What, what's the comparison? Um, the me today, my goal when I wake up is to feel as happy as I possibly can through nutrition. That's the simplest way I can put it. That's, that's boiled down. That's the concentration of when I wake up in the morning, it's all right, what can I do first thing in the morning? that's going to make me feel good. 
All right, what's the next thing that's going to make me feel good? All right, what's the next thing that's going to make me feel good after that? That's a lemon water. That's a healthy breakfast. That's a smoothie. That's, that's making my bed. It's little things that just tiny little steps that propel you into doing the next little step. If I wake up and I don't make my bed, I feel lazy. First thing I do, I wake up before I even use the restroom. I wake up and I make my bed just because it makes me feel like I did something. And then that makes me feel good. And now I'll drink my lemon water. I guess I'll make my healthy breakfast. It's not like I wake up every single morning like a rhinoceros just charging. You know, there's a lot of times I'm tired, but I know because I've done this so many times that if I don't do it, there's consequences. So let's talk about the feeling that you can get, the high that you can get from fruits and vegetables and, and juicing and that sort of thing. I'd let's love talk. to. So I, I know because you've talked about photon energy with me. So can you talk about what that is and, and where do you find mm -hmm. photon energy? So photons are particles that come from the sun. We have the moon here, but that would be photons bouncing off of the moon. Um, so you have the sun, the sun emits photons, it sends them at the earth. The earth or, or the plants photosynthesize those photons and use it as energy. When you consume plants, you are literally consuming the photons from the sun 93 million miles away, 92, 93 million miles away. I forget, I haven't checked my GPS recently, but, um, and you ingest that. Now, if you cook those foods or if you cook those vegetables, most of those biophotons are cooked out of the food, but smoothies and juices and raw foods, you are actually ingesting those biophotons. So I'm not biblical, but the we are light is very interesting when you find out that the more plants that you ingest, the more light that you are physically ingesting. So, so maybe there's a, there's something to do with this, the veganism or the vegetarianism that, that there's something there? Possibly. I, but I will say, <laughs> I will say that I know a lot of vegans and vegetarians who are either fat or depleted. So I feel like there's a very healthy balance that needs to be struck if that's what you're going to do. I eat a ton of, ton of plants. I do eat meat, but I try to limit it. Okay. I don't eat near as much meat as what the average American eats. All right. So this is, this is, I really wanted to talk about this because my mother is 98. She's this year, 2021, she's going to be 99. And my mother um, eats usually four or five vegetables in a, in a dinner. And she's always, you know, always cook lots of veggies and we've always had very limited meat. And when she eats, it's like, you know, a piece of meat this big, and, but she does eat protein. And I, I really attribute a lot of her longevity and, and her great health to the, the kind of diet she eats. So how much meat do you eat? Well, it depends on my activity level. So during the landscaping season, I will do sometimes 10 miles a day. Um, just, just to give you guys an idea of, of how much I'm moving. Okay. Um, I will usually not eat meat until the evening time. So my meals almost all, sometimes at lunch, I will maybe around 12 or one o'clock. Uh, but usually I try to do, you know, an almond butter and banana sandwich or something like that. But a lot of times um, it's just for dinner. Sometimes if I'm lifting weights and I'm landscaping, so that's my activity level is just off the charts at that point. Cause I'm, I'm walking 10 miles at work and then exercising for an hour and a half. Um, then, some, then in that case, then I would eat meat at lunch and then eat it at dinner. But it's always cooked in coconut oil uh, with pink Himalayan salt. I don't deep fry it. I'm not doing fried chicken. I'm not doing sausage. It's, you know, very, very, very lean cuts of red meat every once in a while or chicken or fish. All right. So let's talk about what do you eat? So when you first get up in the morning, what do you do? So first thing in the morning is a lemon water. And, and how do you make that? so what I do is I take a full lemon, chop it in half and just squeeze the whole thing into a glass. You add 16, uh, 16 ounces of room temperature water and chug it. I usually will take a little fork and, and, uh, you know, pull the seeds out, but you want to make sure that it's room temperature water. Why? So, uh, about 50 different reasons. Um, what the lemon does to, to simplify this it essentially works as Drano for your digestive system. 
So we have a lot of junk and gunk that gets built up in our digestive system from meat, processed foods, gluten, um, just medication, all sorts of stuff. You have all these nooks and crannies in your digestive system. So what the lemon water does is it actually activates your stomach to release. Now, this only works if you do this on an empty stomach, but it will actually, um, the, the level of acid will help flush your digestive system and it will make you use the bathroom in usually about five, five to 10 minutes. Um, it, it detoxifies. Doesn't it help to flush the liver and flush fat out of your system? That, too? that was the next thing I was just about to say is it detoxifies your liver as well. So the reason that that is important, I know not everybody knows what their organs do. Your liver is essentially the filter of all the shit that you're ingesting. So medication, prescription drugs, coffee, alcohol, all the stuff. Also uh, emotions. Also emotions. Correct. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. Um, so it's essentially the filter. So if you had a, a hot tub and you never cleaned your filter out, what do you think your water would look like? So the lemon water, the pectin fiber in the lemon water activates the liver to start releasing toxins. So you just, it basically makes you use the bathroom. And also because of that, I want to mention one thing real quick, because people will care about this. Your skin will glow so much more because of this, because when you have toxins floating throughout your body, if you do this on a regular basis, your skin is just, when I used to smoke cigarettes, I would have spots and dots all over my face because the, the toxins were just trying to come out. So the longer you go without that, the more you detox, the more your skin will glow. So if you actually Google lemon water health benefits, you will be blown away. There's about 40 different mind blowing things on there. It lowers your blood pressure. It, it does all sorts of different things. Awesome. Th thank you for going through that. So, um, and then I make a breakfast and while my breakfast is cooking, I make my smoothie and that's for later. And the reason for Wait, that is what kind of smoothie? Cause I, you know, there are smoothies and then there are smoothies. Right. So I will use, um, my base is always a vegetarian protein and then fruits and vegetables. Like that's, what, what then, would you throw in? So the one that I had today was uh, a vegetarian protein. It was a vegetarian chocolate protein. You don't have to do vanilla. Um, I had uh, raspberries, blueberries for the, uh, for the fruit. And then I had spinach and broccoli for the vegetables and then a tablespoon of organic peanut butter and some coconut milk. So you have healthy carbs, protein, and the healthy fat from the peanut butter. And uh, also the flavor of the peanut butter masks the flavor of the spinach and the broccoli. That's actually the trick. That's the whole point. I don't want to taste the broccoli. Okay. And now do you add ice to the smoothie? Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. If it's warm, then I will. If it's warm out, then I will. If I'm going to be traveling with a smoothie or uh, bringing it to work, and I know it's going to be sitting for two or three hours before I'm consuming it, then I'll put ice in it. But the nice thing about that is when you're hungry, you usually tend to reach for whatever is the most convenient. And I never make that thinking I'm going to want to drink it. It's never appetizing, ever, ever. Not that I'm not like, oh, this is gross, but I just, because I'm making breakfast and I just had lemon water, it's not desirable to me. And by 10.30 rolls around, I'm like, thank God, where's my smoothie? Where is this thing? And then I drink it and by 11 o'clock, I feel fantastic because I've just ingested a whole smoothie full of plants and vegetarian protein and I feel great. This brings me to um, the subject of ease. And I think that a lot of people eat poorly because it's easier. And um, I want to talk about protein bars and kind bars and that sort of thing. So how, mm -hmm. how good are those for us to eat? That's a, that's a good question. So I used to get acid reflux when I would eat Cliff bars. And what was it that caused it, do you think? Look at the ingredients. It's one third sugar. The weight of the bar, I think, is 68 grams in the whole bar, and there's 23 grams of sugar. Why does anything need to be 25 to 30% sugar that's going to be an activity health bar? That doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. So on top of that, there's other ingredients in there. The thing about health bars is all of these companies know that everybody wants to be healthy. That's the point. So they're marketing all of these things to look as healthy as they can, but most of them have palm oil in them, which is A, shitty for your body, and B, even worse for the environment. They are plowing the Amazon down of 
they're deforesting the Amazon and just planting rows and rows and rows and rows of these short little palm trees that don't allow any of the animals or biodiversity to be, to grow. It's, it just completely kills the jungle. So um, they're filled, most of them are filled with sugar. You have to really go out of your way. Kind bars are actually um, one that I do like because you can pretty much see what's in them. A lot of the ones that are blended, uh, you have to look at the ingredients, but there's just a lot of crap in them. Right. Okay. So that and the sugar and, and the sugar really quick. I do want to point this out because I'm sure I would have bring this up later, but one gram of sugar is the same as a little packet of sugar. So when you go to a restaurant and that they have the little, the little side things with your ketchup and the salt and pepper and the, all the little sugars, that's a gram of sugar. So when you see 23 grams of sugar, who in the hell in their right mind is going to put 23 grams of sugar into a trail mix if they were making it? Nobody and not Hula either. Yeah. Hula wouldn't do it either. No. Uh, so let's talk about sugar. <laughs> um, so what I've noticed over the last 20 years is a propensity for people to go to fast food restaurants and there's more fast food restaurants. It seems like every day. And what is served with a fast food lunch is soda, right? And the soda is cheaper than a bottle of water. So they are encouraging people to buy the soda, right? Mm -hmm. so, so what's the deal with, with A, the fast food lunch, and then a soda to wash it down? So the convenience of fast food is about the only positive. It stops there. Um, most of you already know that there's guilt associated with eating fast food. So that alone should intuitively tell you that what you're doing is the wrong thing. Most of us don't eat uh, a value meal from any of these places and then feel like going and competing in sports or doing anything, which is ironic. You and I talked about this earlier. It's funny that the Olympics sponsored McDonald's um, or vice versa, but um, yeah, it's just, and then to wash it down with soda, you're, you're already giving your, your body just an incredibly massive um, dose of sugar to, to your system that your body can't take. And then you're going to wash it down with soda. It's like, you're going to put yourself in a diabetic coma. So what does sugar do to the gut biome? Because the gut is so important. It, it regulates our mind, our thinking. Um, you know, if, if our gut biome is, is, out of balance and out of kilter, we could have depression, all kinds of mental issues, right? Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I actually liken the microbiome and your gut bacteria to coral reefs in the ocean. The same way that coral reefs help regulate um, the biodiversity in the ocean and regulate the temperature is the same way that your gut bacteria helps regulate your, come on, I got a kitty that wants to um, it's the same way that it, it regulates your own bodies, uh, your hormones, your mood, your serotonin, 90% of the neurochemical serotonin is released from your gut to your brain. <clears throat> it's not just a one-way street right. where your brain sends signals to your digestive system, your digestive system. We've all heard it called the second brain. It's for a reason. So you, your serotonin comes from your, comes from your gut. But like I was talking about the gut bacteria and feeling anxious, when you put plants in your body, it creates ease. When you put fast food and processed food, I don't want to just harp on fast food because there's a, there's a whole big section between plants and fast food that, that, that gets most people sick. Because a lot of people don't even eat fast food, but they're still overweight and unhealthy. So, but, but like you said, it's, um, it regulates your mood. It regulates your cravings. Um, if, if, and then the guilt sets in. And then, like I said, I, I beat the hell out of myself when I'm, when I'm weak and when I used to drink or when I go on a sugar binge, I feel really bad about it the next day or even while I'm doing it. So on top of that, you just you feel bad. you're sort of bombarded. Yeah. It's self-sabotage from, from all avenues. So no, wheat is an issue. I, there, hmm. there's a, there's a, like the Southern diet, I think is one of the most unhealthy diets. You know, you eat cornbread and biscuits and gravy and chicken fried steak, and you wash it down with sweet tea. Um, and it, most people in the South are obese. It's, it's a, it's a real, um, morbidly obese. Yeah. So what, morbidly obese, 42% of America 
is obese. So the South, they're no pun intended holding a lot of that weight. It's true. So what could somebody have for breakfast that would be better than having a muffin? Um, lots of things. I, I, that's a really good question. So first of all, the muffin, basically what that comes down to is gluten. So what most people want to try to stay away from is gluten, wheat flour, enriched wheat flour, bleached flour. Uh, it goes by a few different names when you look at the ingredients, but all of that is going to create that junk and gunk that builds up in your digestive system that creates bloating and gas and constipation and discomfort and then all sorts of other things. What about so, inflammation? Absolutely. Inflammation as well, because if, 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 if you ingest things that your, your body can't just immediately digest, it has to work harder. And when it has to work harder, that creates gas. And if, you, if that has to continue to work, then it's going to create inflammation. And then what happens is that's where disease forms. Because if you have inflammation in the same spot for an extended period of time, that's literally how disease forms. So that could turn to cancer. So to answer your question about what could you have instead of a muffin, there's there's a plethora of things. The main thing that you want to start doing is trying to get comfortable in the kitchen. That might be scary for a lot of people, but it's really not hard to make oatmeal and eggs and make them tasty. What I've been doing lately is I'll dice up chicken sausage, saute that in a pan, and I'll put eggs on top of that, and I'll throw some spinach in there, and then I'll have some oatmeal. With the oatmeal, I'll use cinnamon. I'll put some fresh berries on top. I'll drizzle some local honey on top. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be this bland crap that you're just you know, not enjoying, you can sprinkle coconut sugar. I honestly don't care how much you sweeten your oatmeal, as long as you're making your own oatmeal and it's not pre-boxed flavored because most of those have 12 to 13 grams of sugar. So like I said, you could put 10 packs of sugar in your oatmeal and still be better off than the store-bought stuff. So, right. but take into account how much better you're eating than that muffin. So you're eating oatmeal and berries, you're getting the antioxidants from the, the blueberries and the raspberries or blackberries, it's gonna be good for your skin. The local honey is gonna boost your immune system. It's like getting a vaccine from the flowers in your area so that when the pollen starts blowing around, you can snort that stuff and it doesn't even bother you because you've been getting a vaccine from it from the local honey that you've been ingesting. So it's not just you eat a, a meal and it's like, well, I think maybe this will make me less fat. This is to make you feel like a spaceship. You should feel as good as you can all day long. And if you wake up in the morning and you eat a muffin and you have coffee with sugar creamer in it with dairy, by 10, you're done. So let's talk about that. So how, how does what you eat first thing in the morning um, kind of skew the rest of your day? It's like nudging an asteroid. What do you mean by that? So if an asteroid is heading in one direction and you nudge it, very slowly, it's going to end up in a completely different location than it ultimately would have had it not been nudged. It's the same as making the bed. So you wake up in the morning and you give yourself a small little win. Nobody needs to know about it. You don't post on social media that you made your bed. No one gives a shit. Some people might, though. Some people. Well, that's true. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to say nobody cares about your lemon water, but I've been posting about lemon waters for seven years. So, um, But it's, it's giving yourself these tiny little wins that slowly, whereas the asteroid would have been here, you're slowly nudging it to the direction that you actually want your health to be, to where you want your skin to be, to where you want your body to be, to where you want your self-worth to be. And when you eat a muffin and eat caffeine and your normal blood sugar is here and you spike yourself like this, it's going to drop you below where your normal level would be. Whereas when you eat something clean, it's going to put you up here and then slowly, slowly level you off until you're hungry and you're just ready for another meal. So what happens is if you continue on these habits, not only do you start feeling better, you start sleeping better, your self-worth starts to go up because you start giving yourself these little, these little tiny little trophies. I did this. I did that. I did this. Why did would sleep improve? Because you're eating differently. For lots, oh, lots of reasons. Uh, alcohol disrupts your sleep. Alcohol makes you pass out really, really fast and fall into level one or two of your REM, but there's two more levels that it doesn't allow you to fall into. And then you're just in this level one, level two throughout the night versus if you don't drink alcohol, you can actually fall into a deep sleep 
recover, recycle all the gray matter and the fluid in your brain that needs to be recycled so you can wake up the next morning and battle whatever you have to battle. Same thing with sugar. If you have sugar and you go to sleep, it's going to wake you up in the middle of the night. It's going to dehydrate you because your body needs more moisture to process that sugar. So it's going to make you wake up. It's going to make you thirsty. Uh, it's going to upset your stomach. It's going to create bloating in the morning. On top of that, um, it's going to make you not want to eat clean food in the morning because that gut bacteria has now had sugar was its last meal. And now you wake up in a sugar low and you're like, well, I could have eggs and spinach or do I want a donut? It's like, you're definitely going to want that donut. Or a cinnamon bun, right? Yeah, any of that crap. You, you mentioned coffee. How do you feel about coffee? Um, I have a love-hate relationship with coffee. So well, I've heard that coffee before noon, water. coffee before noon is um, uh, detoxing, but afternoon is poison. Here's how I feel about coffee. I think that the recommended dose from the whoever is recommending how much coffee you should have is uh, is it the FDA? I can't remember. But anyways, I think it's five cups a day. That's the recommended dose yeah. of coffee. Yeah, it's five four. Cups? It's four or five. You might as well do cocaine at that point. Wow. It's. I would be so amped up. I would be out of my mind. So here's a few things that coffee does. Coffee's a diuretic. It dehydrates you. At only one percent of dehydration, you start to experience fatigue and uh, brain fog. So while the coffee, yes, will speed you up, it's not actually giving you energy. It's you have all of these energy stores like little balloons. And when you drink coffee, it just pops all those balloons, releasing your energy. And then that's why it also um, uh, raises your blood sugar. So that's why you have a coffee crash. When you're done with your coffee, you want more coffee because you're tired because oh, that, now caffeine, that never happens you're, you're caffeine dependent and your blood sugar dropped. And you didn't eat because the caffeine messes with your appetite. It's the same as smoking cigarettes. I couldn't put as much muscle on when I was smoking cigarettes. Weird. I wasn't hungry. It just oh. stymies your appetite. Yeah. So when you drink coffee, it makes you not hungry. When I take road trips, I just sip coffee the whole time because I, that, I just fast on road trips. And if I have just a little bit of caffeine, it, it takes the hunger away. So that brings me to, thank you very much, to intermittent fasting. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what intermittent fasting is and what it can do for the body? Indubitably. So intermittent fasting, there's two different types of it. You can either go 16 hours out of the 24 hours without eating. So you're allowed an eight-hour chunk. You pick the time. Um, and then the other way is to go 24 hours without food. So the whole day and do that twice a week. There's lots of benefits to it. There are lots of benefits to it. If you can do it properly, which I feel like baby stepping your way into a little bit of a healthier lifestyle is an easier way than starving yourself. I am not opposed to intermittent fasting. There are all sorts of things that it does. When you intermittent fast, you have dead cells in your body that will actually get burned up as energy. So there are lots of benefits to intermittent fasting, but the problem is, did you drink the night before? Did you eat crap the night before? And then you're gonna intermittent fast and go and start with a blood sugar low? Or did you have a salad and clean food and your body and you're healthy and you're strong and you're mentally ready for your fast? Because you don't wanna be trying to do this and then get four or five or six hours into it and then you just break. And then go to whatever your vice is or whatever's closest. Because then you feel like you're a failure. While we're intermittent fasting, I, I'm just going to close on th this subject with that. That sure. it's important to drink a lot of fluids like water. You can't just intermittent fast and not drink. So that the water will help to flush or lemon water you could do right during. Your That's amazing. Actually, mom, thank you for bringing that up. I would actually much rather see somebody go on a juice fast, a vegetable juice fast than just not eat. I would, I think it's far more beneficial that you're still getting nutrients. You're still feeding your brain. Um, it's hard to fast. I have been obsessed with health and fitness. I modeled for 20 years. I mean, I know what it's like to have to starve yourself to get ready for something. It's not fun. 
even when you know you have to have abs and you're going to take your shirt off for something and you're going to be around a whole bunch of people, it's really, really hard to have abs or, you know, to not eat. It's, it's difficult. So I would much rather somebody ingest, you know, like, and we, well, we can talk about that in a little bit, but, but drink vegetable juices, okay. you know, and maybe skip the solid food. So, you know, it, in my posts about, about you and Naked Healthy and, and this show, I posted pictures of you uh, in body paint and, and you look like you've got padding on and, and I know that it's not, it's, it's you. How did you get that way? What kind of fitness workout do you do? So one of the things that I used to do is I used to overrun. I think I talked about that earlier that I was just a really skinny kid. Um, it's really about ingesting the right amount of food for your body, which when you obsess over this, as long as I did, you figure that out. And most people don't put the time and the effort into figuring out how much food their body needs to perform. You have what's called a basal metabolic rate. It's how many calories do you need to survive if you're just laying in a bed doing nothing all day long. So there's an X amount of calories that you need, 1300 calories or whatever. There's an algorithm. You can go online. You can just Google it, BMR, and you can figure out how many calories you need. So for me, intuitive eating became very, very, very important. I don't just shovel food into my mouth when I'm hungry and think, oh, I'm going to eat a sandwich or I'm going to eat this. If I'm going to work out later, all of my meals that day are pre, not necessarily pre-planned, but I know what I need to get into my body to be able to perform the best at the gym, because I know if I have a good workout, I feel better the next day. And so it just becomes this, this thing. So for me, I've been into weightlifting for gosh, since I was 15 years old. So I, I've just, I've lifted weights for a really, really long time. I had body image issues as a kid because I was so skinny. And so it was very important to me to have muscle on my body. It just did to me, ever, it makes me feel more secure in myself. Did you ever do steroids to improve muscle build? I, when I was 19, I did, um, I did try them. I had a trainer that suggested them for me, and I tried them. I did it for six weeks, and uh, either I didn't know what I was doing, I wasn't eating enough food, or they were fake, but um, I did not get any results from them at all, and I told myself that that was it. Uh, that was a learning experience for me, and I was never going to do them again. So I've been natural pretty much my entire life. Okay, good. Okay. So can you describe your workout and um, you do a certain number of repetitions and you, um, uh, it, is it inter, interval training? Is that the thing that, you, are you still doing that? I remember you've done a lot of different types of workouts, but what works the best? I have done a lot of different types of workouts and here's honestly what I have found that works the best that works for, for most people because even as obsessed as I am with health and fitness, I am running a business. And so there's a lot of times I don't have time to get to the gym five days a week. And a lot of people are, you know, we have parents, there's people that are also running businesses. And even if you're not running your own business, you're still working at your job and that's exhausting. So life is really, really hard. And what I tried to come up with was a way to get the most bang for my buck while I was at the gym. So essentially what I feel is the best thing to do for someone that's new is to do full body three times a week. Okay. What do you mean by that? Is that arms and legs and chest and so that, thank you. So what I do is I go to the gym and that, that means resistance training. So I do weightlifting, but the reason that I like doing full body is because the next day um, I don't feel like I have to be at the gym every day. It gives my whole body, a sense of that I did something. So rather than going to the gym and I just do arms and you're just sitting on a machine and you just work arms and you go home and you're like, my chest feels flat. My butt feels flat. My legs feel flabby. There's something powerful about having like this full body exercise. When you get done, you just feel really good about it. And I don't mean I do every single thing at the same time. When I go to the gym, I work each body part individually, but I'll start with, you know, triceps and I'll go to chest then I'll go to legs then I'll go to back. And then I usually exercise um, for about an hour and 15 minutes. And the most important part about that is not just moving the weight from A to B. That's not what builds muscle. It is feeling the tension in the muscle. There's a mind-muscle connection that you develop as you do this that 
that has been the biggest improvement in my body is feeling my own body and feeling the movements within myself rather than just moving the weight. So what do you mean by that? So did, are you slowing down the lift? You can create a neurological, neurological connection between your brain and your muscle that's activating the weight. So the best way to practice this would be, say, with your bicep and go stand in the mirror. You can take a coffee cup, for example, and just move the coffee cup versus flex your muscle and then move the coffee cup. So now you're actually activating the muscle before you're moving versus just moving the weight. And I know that that sounds like that's the same thing. It is absolutely not. So you're putting focus then, let's say it's on the bicep, you're, you're actually putting your attention focus on the, on the bicep by flexing it first and then moving it. Correct. My inner eye, I am inside my body. Okay. I close my eyes when I lift weights. I have headphones and hat all the time. I, I just block everything out. Um, you should feel the, the muscle that you're about to work should be activated before you even lift the weights. So I see these people sit down and they're doing chest press and they're just moving the weight. And I look at them, I can tell their chest isn't, they're just moving the weight. There's a big difference between sending that neurological signal and telling that muscle that you're trying to, to work, to activate before you move the weight. You have to almost flex it before you do anything and then slowly start to move the weight up and keep that tension and then stretch and then explode and then stretch. But you don't want to just let go and release. That's you're wasting time. So I have a comment. Time, time under tension. I, I've been on a cookie and pie diet during the holiday season. And ah. I, I've, I've just been telling my body, get slimmer, get slimmer. And sure. that's, how, that's how I focus on getting more. I, I do the five Tibetan rites. And I have a video on that. I want to talk about exercise at home because while you're speaking about going to the gym, there's a lot of people out there that there's no freaking way that they want to go to the gym and wear a mask and go work out. So what can they do at home? So honestly, the best thing to do, I would suggest buying a set of workout bands from Amazon. You can get them for like headbands, like a headband. Yeah. And just, you know, flex in the mirror. Um, I guess we could put a link to something, but essentially they're, they're about five to six foot long stretchy rubber bands with handles on either side. And there's all sorts of different exercises that you can do with that. That allows and how expensive you to are those things, 35 bucks, 40 bucks, not nothing crazy expensive. And, and that's why I suggest that um, ideally it would be nice if you had a home gym, but I don't even have a home gym. They're expensive. So there's two things that really, that, that goes along with working out at home. First off is the motivation. It sucks to work out at home. It is not fun. The hardest part about working out at home is trying to block out your couch, your cats, your dogs, your dirty laundry, all the stuff in the kitchen and everything, and then try to zone and get into that mental space to where you're going to better yourself. It, it can be really hard. So I highly suggest the routine. If you have a routine for the gym to continue that routine, except just implement it at home. Um, and if you don't have a routine to try to develop one, as far as you know, still put your gym clothes on. I still put headphones on in when I work out at home. I don't think that just turning the, the, the speakers on is good enough. I want to zone out and really focus on what I'm doing. That's, that's and a then, good point. And then there's a plethora of exercises. And the short answer is you could Google home workouts uh, to, to get a really good home workout because I don't want to bore you going through all the exercises right now. But there are tons and tons and tons of things that you can do even without bands that, that can help you get in shape. And the thing is, is that you want to keep your heart rate up and blast it. You don't want, if, if, if you're going to be working out at home, just, you don't need a whole lot of rest time in between sets. You can just boom, 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 boom. It's not like at the gym because you're not going to be lifting as much weight. You don't need as much rest time. So what about for people that are maybe out of, out of shape and they haven't mm -hmm. been working out and they're just going to get started. So what are some things that they could do to, to begin uh, getting more fit and, and kind of easing into how is walking? Would walking be something that, that would help get their heart rate up enough to, to get more fit? Well, first of all, they need to commend themselves that they're going to start doing this because most people will just get fat and then they get fatter and then they get obese and then they pass away. So it's a very hard thing because 
and, and I don't mean to sound insensitive when I say that, but it's just, it's, it's a vacuum. It pulls you into this thing where it's hard to get out of. And most people have tried to lose weight and have been unsuccessful. And then you rebound and then you try to lose weight and you're unsuccessful and you just, you put on more weight and more weight. So you need to commend yourself just for the fact that you've made the decision that you're going to start doing this and that, that you're going to try to do this. Um, the second thing is people at the gym do not care about overweight people that are at the gym. So I hear a lot of people that I don't feel comfortable going to the gym because I feel fat, mm -hmm. throw that shit out. I, every single time I see someone who's obese at the gym, I just want to high five them because I know how much strength and determination it took just to get through the door. It's a lot. You're going to walk into this place where you don't know how many people are going to be jacked and, and just, it's intimidating. Um, I came from that place as a skinny kid. I know that that sounds silly, but it's body image issues are the same, whether you're heavy or skinny. So I understand what it's like and just go in there and do your thing. Um, and then to answer your question, absolutely. It's all relative. So for me, sprinting could be easier than walking for someone that's 400 pounds. So absolutely. Someone that's heavy, it, it's all relative. It's about baby steps. It's just about getting up, get moving and starting new habits, but the new habits aren't going to form by saying, well, I can't run yet. Well, obviously I started rollerblading again last year. And when I first started rollerblading, I didn't think that I was gonna be doing tricks. I knew that it was going to take me a while to get my, my wheels, my bearings about me and, and sort of learn to walk again. I, I can contest yes. <laughs> to the, the feeling of being on rollerblades. <laughs> I used to roller skate, but rollerblades are a different thing. Adam, um, how can people get in touch with you? Um, the best way right now would be on my Instagram, which is Naked Healthy by Adam Gates. Uh, just, you know, there's an underscore in between uh, by and Adam and Gates. So just Naked Healthy by Adam Gates. Um, I post regularly my lemon waters, my smoothies, my diets, motivational tips, uh, health hacks, all sorts of stuff on there pretty regularly. And um, also my YouTube channel is going to be launching very, very soon. Um, I'm just getting my first videos being edited. So as soon as that is live, uh, we will be good to go on that. So I'm um, very excited. Yeah, really excited about my YouTube channel. And I, I understand that you've got a... Um a special offer for the listeners of SOS. I sure do. So right now for a limited time, I am offering a $99 one hour personal consultation with me. Um, you can ask me anything you want, but more importantly, I will walk you through what it will take to start implementing these changes to kind of kickstart you into a successful year because I will give as much information as I possibly can away. I will always give my information away for free, but sometimes you just feel like you need a little bit more of a personalized approach. And there's certain questions that you might have that have been nagging you that you just want to just plow through it. I, I can save a lot of time. I've been around you when you've taken calls and I know that you've helped some people um, that had real weight issues and health issues. And uh, what are uh, maybe one or two of your success stories that you've had? Um, there's a, one of my favorite body paint artists. Um, I won't give her name, but she reached out to me and she was just depressed, had a drinking problem. She was drinking every night and felt like I could help her. And so we started talking. I went to her house. We had a conversation about, you know, what was going on, what her triggers were. And um, what I did was I did not tell her to reduce her drinking at all. I just asked her to implement a few things into her diet. And as she was doing them, she was doing everything the way that I was asking her to do. And slowly within the span of two weeks, her drinking almost completely stopped on her own. And that was one of the things is that I don't tell you to stop drinking because it needs to be your own choice. You it doesn't matter how much I say stop drinking. I've tried to quit addictions and had people say, well, just stop. It's easy. It's, it's not, it's not. So it has to be your own decision. And essentially what happened was she was so depleted that she was essentially a wilted flower. And when she started getting these nutrients in her body, it was just like a, a flower getting water 
or, you know, like a plant getting water that, that's been depleted. So she just slowly perked up and she, I don't know if she, what, how much her alcohol um, use is today, but at that point she had drastically reduced her alcohol reduction. Her skin looked amazing. Um, she was out of bed, her whole look on out like or her, her whole uh, look on life changed. Um, I was really proud of her. So exercise can help your mood then, right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It is, the na- it, it is one of the easiest ways to get an endorphin release naturally. It's my favorite way. That's why I'm addicted to it. If, if it didn't make me feel good, if I just had to go slump through a workout and it sucked, I wouldn't be in shape, but I'm addicted to it because it's a high. Walking even 30 minutes a day can um, eradicate depression. Absolutely. Absolutely. That. So 100%. just to, to wrap, at the end of every show, I do a um, it's all bullshit segment. And I just wanted to kind of let's join together in uh, what's all bullshit these days about health and wellness. Um, where's the focus mm-hmm. been? <laughs> Absolutely. So without getting too political here, uh, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, but um, with the outbreak that's been going on, there's a lot of focus in the news about one particular subject and zero focus in the news about health, nutrition, and boosting your immunity which to me makes absolutely no sense because they're saying that all of these people are passing away that have low functioning immune systems or are overweight or, but they're not blasting information away 24 seven on how to get healthy and how to lose weight. Yeah. Dead, 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 dead. Well, how do we not get dead? Like you're not helping with anything. You're just throwing all this crap news at us, but not giving any solutions to anything. It's just, well, just wait for it to show up and it's going to get you. So it's very frustrating that they're not telling people to exercise and that lettuce and plants can actually help heal you from the inside, which helps boost sunshine. your immune system. The sunshine, just all of these things that, that, that we need, there's no focus on it, which is also about as much focus as the doctors will give you since they spend no time on nutrition at all either. So in closing, Adam, do you have a final message for our listeners that you would like to share about health and and wellness? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, Just because maybe you have tried this and been unsuccessful before does not mean that that is how the story needs to be for you forever. Um, There's a lot of ways to skin a cat, for lack of a better term. So just because you tried certain things it might just not have been the right way. I tried so many different ways to stay in shape that were not the right way before I figured out what was the right way. And that's just ultimately just a healthy lifestyle, but you have to slowly start implementing new habits to get to that point. So um, I just, I highly encourage you to, you know, join, join with me on Naked Healthy and try to become as healthy and happy as you can because the cleaner that you eat, the better that you will feel and the self-love that comes from, the um, just from doing all from, from from completing all of these things, you just you'll feel amazing with yourself, um, and uh, it's life changing. When when we start to focus on the things that we know will make us feel good, then it, it extrapolates on a daily basis. Like today, I didn't have a cookie. I didn't have a piece of pie. And I did my five Tibetan rites. And I have to say, I feel better today than I did yesterday. And just the simple thing of drinking more water can help flush our system. And uh, dehydration is one of the largest causes of fatigue. And, and so um, I've enjoyed having you on my show tonight, Adam. Thank you so much for being here. Um, so again, Adam is with Naked Healthy. You can find him on Instagram. He's got a special offer uh, for an hour of coaching, $99. Just mention SOS. And um, thank you so much for being here with me. And remember- Thank you for having me, Mom. It's been an honor. (laughs) I love you, kiddo. Um, Thanks for all the great info. And remember that 
the way we feel about ourselves can be helped by the foods that we consume, the exercise that we have, and the thoughts we think. It all goes together. And this is a fabulous way to get started on the right foot, baby steps forward in 2021. So thank you so much for being here. I love you. Um, see you next week. I'm going back.